Yeah. It's that money boy. Yeah. you for joining the ESBC podcast uh, network where the purpose of the podcast is to make all of us money uh, having MBA securities licenses. We have Dylan who's a finance major from St. John's University and we hit 58% Pac-12 basketball. 52.5% is break even. We had a lot of fun. Really at the end there uh, we went on a nice it was like a 13 and 2 roll at the end. Uh, and the week before, we had a, a really good uh, weekend with similar numbers in the high 80s. What does that mean? They were paying for gas, for inflation, with college basketball picks. We're watching basketball and making significant money paying bills. And we have Dylan Kelly, St. John's University finance major, where finance was created. What are your thoughts as we head into this podcast? What we're going to talk about is when you're watching this week is something that you need a smart guy like Dylan because you have to walk and chew gum at the same time. You have to make money off the conference tournaments. We were 70 to 80 percent last last year. And at the same time, keep your eye open. What are the teams like North Texas? And or Roberts that's playing tonight that we can identify as teams that are going for us. We don't care about the upsets. We don't care about you know one shining moment, none of that. But we care about which teams are going to cover the spread. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, which teams are putting money in your pocket? Right. Which team is, is plus fifteen? Right. And it's yeah. going to be a close game. They're going to play Purdue. And Purdue, we know, is a conservative team. They want to get out of that first weekend. They don't want to blow anybody out. And it's going to be, you know, plus 15 is a good number. Versus Gonzaga, who obviously likes one people out. Right? Definitely. So, uh, with that rant over, what are your thoughts on, on um, that? Yeah, well, uh, the conference tournament, this is like, this is almost the best time of year for us college basketball fans. Obviously, March Madness is. But, I mean, this week on the East Coast, we got games from noon to midnight. I know you guys have games starting basically at, like, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Um, all, all week long. So, I mean, there's really really no, nothing better. So, we're uh, excited to break down some of these teams. I think we got a, a solid list here of teams that, like you said, are going to be profitable against the spread in the conference tournament and that we think can uh, make everyone a little bit of money here. Right, right. What this podcast is all about. So. Right, so conference tournament time. So let's go one, one team at a time. Yeah. And on, on a spreadsheet here, uh, which is the first team? First team we have here is St. John's. So... <laughs> All right, so St. John's uh, is supposed to be, and you're, you're right there, right? And Yeah. Uh, you can't bet on your own team, but right. there you can be as objective as possible. In New York, there are more pragmatic fans, right? So you're in that culture, uh, not necessarily liking homers 24-7. Uh, let me know if I'm right. My analysis is watching them. The whole year has been geared to right now. 
to the Biggie's turn. They've been adding a little piece to the offense, a little piece to the defense mm -hmm. as we move along. Uh, the problem has been communicating that to the team, right? Communicating that and um, having the team execute. Now, everybody knows that Champagne can score. Everybody plays right? And the system is geared for boxing out, getting offensive rebounds. They haven't done that as good as we would like this year. But eventually, uh, they'll get into it. Especially now. Yeah. I figure that now, since they have the talent uh, for offensive rebounding, they are going to be better at offensive rebounding than they have been uh, throughout the year. Especially in that first game. Right. So, yeah, what, scare, what scares me with St. John's and with betting on them is their free throw shooting. They're not – they are the worst free throw shooting team in the Big East. They really lack in that department. Now, on the flip side, like you just said, we know that they have a ton of talent. They've also, despite poor free throw shooting, have played extremely close games with some of the top teams in the conference. They only lost to Villanova by three. It took UConn overtime, and then they lost to UConn by three the next time. These are teams that are that are looked upon as, like, um, obviously the top of the Big East. They're going to be three, four seeds, two seeds in the NCAA tournament, and St. John's is right there with them, even with poor free throw shooting. The storyline I look for here, though, is um, fans and administration most likely are starting to um, get fed up with it. Mike Anderson a little bit. It feels like that's kind of the tone. That um, kind of the vibe we're getting over here. And um, so I don't know if he's really coaching for his job, but in some ways he's coaching to prove something in this Big East tournament. And he's got to string together a couple wins. I think it's super important for him this year. So, uh, I mean, he should be coming out super motivated and should have the team motivated in, in the direction to make a run in the Big East tournament right now. And, and they're set up for it, right? Mm -hmm. Got everything um, in place. Uh, and the oddball thing is champagne. So what scares me about them is what you said. They'll have a team beat. And then right um, at the end there, they, they miss some free throws. Yeah. You know, to make things um, harder on themselves. So that's the thing to look out for St. John's. But they can play defense, clamp teams down. So what that tells me is that if they get it past the first game, yep, second game the, where the forty minutes of hell is going under. Yep. All right. So now the next the next team we got up. Speaking of defense, we got Syracuse coming up. So uh, Syracuse, the team that I wanted on this list, um, we all know that they specialize in that zone. I feel like this time of the year, this is where Jim Beheim uh, makes it. This is where he makes his money in March. He's um. I feel like Syracuse is always the kind of team, they steal a game here or there. They uh, end up putting themselves – I know they've had a terrible year all season, but I feel like they, Beheim always finds a way this time of the year to steal a couple of games. And if the past is any indication of the future, I'm uh, willing to um, bet on Jim Beheim and Syracuse against Florida State this Wednesday. Yes, because what happens is that zone. Now, all they do is play zone – the whole time and zone kind of saves their legs, right? It saves their legs so if they get behind, they can press. Mm -hmm. 
and it saves their game their legs if they can get by the first game because then it's yep. two, games and two nights three games and three nights and then playing zone they have a competitive advantage not getting um tired as much as other teams do and this is another game like if champagne gets hot champagne right i remember the dominican names in new york <laughs> if he gets hot all bets are off right he can carry him through the whole tournament if you know right. buddy bill but bill gets hot like he did last year he just starts yeah. putting everything in sight and syracuse has that zone playing which even though they only play one defense zone they play like a hundred different variations of it mm-hmm. they pack this guy in deep or they take this guy out this guy runs out this guy they're really playing like a box in one one guy's playing man and the other ones are, are, are playing zone so it's not just because they play zone does not mean that they're not shaking up the defense a little bit. So Syracuse, every year they're dangerous. So why are we going to bet against them? What's that line against uh, Florida State? Does it come out yet? Mm, not sure it's out yet. Let me check real quick. It's Florida State, that's another team. It's just like them veteran coach uh, who's taking teams to the Elite Eight far in the tournament. Uh, this is the time to get your bonuses. This is this is again, right? Right, mitigate what you saw in the regular season because what you're going to see now in the conference tournament time is completely different. And uh, Dylan's a student of finance, I graduated with a finance and MBA, focus on finance, clients that worth 50 million dollars. So, what we do is we use business and financial concepts to pick the games. So you look at corporate governance and no one has more control over their teams than college basketball and college football teams. So you look at corporate governance, which is part of fundamental analysis, right? That my book is better than technical analysis because come on, Russia is not gonna invade Ukraine every year. So that chart you see going down now, you gotta mitigate that, right? Right, right, right. To make decisions. So you got to look at fundamental analysis and corporate governance. No one better than than, uh, Boheim, who's been coaching 50 years. (laughs) I don't know if it's just... Yeah, right, right. Close. Uh, Last week, we gave you Loyola Chicago, a team to look out for. What did they do? They covered every single game. So they covered every single game for us, except when we went with Drake. I know. That was unfortunate, too, by a point. But two out of three is 66%, 62.5%. That's why 58% is so good. All right. Mm-hmm. So whatever you track and measure, Hawthorne percent, you improve its percentage by 10 to 20%. So we want to go 68, 70, 78%. And the reason we do that is because it's almost like thinking before talking, right? We're analyzing... Hey, if you live in the past, you die in the past, right? So we mitigate what has happened in the past with circumstances now and project at a high percentage what's going to happen next. And I've been making money at this, paying major bills for the last 13 years. So I would listen to me if I would think. And that's the reason we're doing this, to give you, <laughs> to give you content that we would like to listen to and to be able to have the highest and best use of your time that Dylan's making more money betting on his games 
than his part-time job. Right. Another coach bet on this, almost bet the house on this. Never bet more than 25% of your bankroll. And I'm going to post it again, the top 10 rules of betting. And in the top 10 is, number one is, do not bet your own team. Number two, do not never bet more than 25% of your bankroll. But this one, I owe enough first round of the Metro Atlantic tournament with Coach Rick Patino, who's won a national championship. Yep. Uh, took Billy Donovan. This is when Billy Donovan was fat. It's funny. Billy Donovan was fat when he was playing. And he took <laughs> Providence to the Final Four. Yep. The game, I mean, they're going to be playing the winner of Ryder in Manhattan, who yeah. we talked about before the show. We like Manhattan in that game tomorrow night. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Iona, they – to be honest, they're, although they have a great record, they've almost underperformed to this point because they should have been in spot for an at-large, and now they're probably not. But you know what? Now that just means they have to go win the conference. So I think that almost, uh, as far as us with betting on them, I feel like that almost fares better for us. And, uh, yeah, Patino, um, he's got these guys this year, like we mentioned, not only to win this conference and to bet on them, but um, to maybe win a game in the tournament too, but. Obviously, to get there, he's got to get through the MAC first. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll be a strong team for us to back. Yeah, no, I want to cover almost every game for us last year. And yeah. uh, including Alabama in the NCAA tournament. Yep. I believe they were tied with Alabama, beating Alabama. Uh, yeah, they've done that the past few times they've been in the tournament. Yeah, they beat Alabama, they beat Liberty. Yeah. Uh, so I would venture to guess that they might get in other – the reason they might not get in is because Patino uh, has been paying players for the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not great for them, yeah. It's <laughs> legal to pay players. So now, <laughs> now Patino can do it out in the open what he's been doing for years anyways. And he had that sure. problem with Louisville, right, with the hookers. He used to not only give the players money, he used to get them hookers during recruiting visits. <laughs> yep. So that's Rick Pitino and Iona. So he has to come. So he knows he's not getting in unless he wins these games because of those hookers. Yep, absolutely. Another team to look for, another team that you might look to bet a little extra on is the Oregon Ducks in a Pac-12 tournament. Remember, we're 58% Pac-12, and we're probably like 90% Pac-12 the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And part of that is Oregon, looking at Oregon, because Oregon is really Nike University Phil Knight, one of the best business books I've ever read, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. You should do a report on it in school if you can. Uh, Phil Knight, Shoe Dog, best business book, and he's real about everything. He talks mm-hmm. about intentionally giving a million-dollar check that he knew it was going to bounce. And, you know, and that's unfortunately, that's business. Business is never a straight line that's why betting on games using business and financial uh strategies and processes and method and a lens of looking at things right it's as legitimate and as profitable sustainable as any other uh business endeavor you can do again so what does that mean josh night phil night phil night has 23 billion dollars now it's legal to pay players, right? So maybe a ref wants a job at Nike, right? He doesn't want to blow it. 
<laughs> giving Oregon a bad call during the Pac-12 tournament. So there's a lot of influence. They have better players than not. And there's some teams that have been paying players for years. And now we're transitioning to NIL, but now during tournament time, they have that edge on players. This is a long season. But now it's concentrated, right? You use the principle of scarcity. Now you lose, you're gone. And having just better talent and having an edge on talent, we monetize it this time, right? So that's why you look at it. So Oregon's like that. Oregon probably has as good at athletes as anybody in the Pac-12. But since it did not have an optimal season, right, we get value, true value. Right. It's like buying a stock low. Yeah. What's the next team we're going to look at, uh, Dylan? Yeah, next team we got up is um, uh, Michigan Wolverines. And um, this is a spot where it's just like, it just means more for them. You know, this is – uh, they're going to have a bunch of high-quality games coming up for them. And Michigan has not had a good year. They're a bubble team. Right. And this time of year, certain teams are going to be playing, like Purdue, Illinois, um, Ohio State. These are other Big Ten teams in there. They're already in. They're in the tournament. They don't need to worry about anything. Michigan, on the other hand, they need these games to get in or else you never know if someone comes, they steal a bid. All of a sudden, Michigan's on the outside. Uh, looking into the tournament come on uh, March 17th when it starts. And they're going to have Jawan Howard back, I believe. So you bet, your, you bet your ass he's been preparing for this since the day he got suspended. So now he's going to be back. They'll have all the systems in place for this. They're going to be full go. Um, I love backing Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. Big time. He hit all the spots. Uh, one spot to hit as well is Phil Martelli, who is the oh right, right, yep, who is the assistant coach. Uh, he did a great job at St. Joe's. He actually took St. Joe's. I was reading to the Elite Eight, and I remember that they should have been in the Final Four. There was a problem with the rest at, at that point. Uh, so he's going to come up with great game plans. They have NBA talent. I was skeptical of them, and then I watched them. They have a couple extra guys in there for depth. So I like Michigan a lot in the Big Ten tournament. They're they're the, they're the opposite of Purdue. Right. Next team is Michigan State. What do you think about Michigan State, Dylan? Yeah, well, we, we always say the last few weeks we've been doing this. This time of the year, we're, uh, we're not betting on the players. We're betting on the coaches. Right. And uh, Tom Izzo is just about as good as any come March. And, again, like you were saying with Syracuse, these, um, like, Bayheim's been in these spots before. Izzo's been in these spots time and time again, and time and time again, he proves to be very successful this time of year, and he knows when to turn up. You, you, you've been saying all year, certain teams, they get their systems in place. Right. This time. It takes time. They build upon it. And Michigan State now, they've got everything in place. It seems like the players are kind of settling into their roles, and um, they're going to be someone to really look out for uh, in the Big Ten tournament as well. Right. Big time. Big. Yep. Uh, Ohio State. Ohio State, I don't know as as much of. All I know is that recently um, they've been struggling a little bit. And uh, they're in a spot, too, where they're going to get they're, – they're in the NCAA tournament, no problem. But do you want to enter the tournament hobbling in off some losses? This is a spot where they can start building momentum, gain a little confidence back because 
the last few weeks haven't really been too great. Yeah, their coach is from Butler, Butler University. He comes from that tree. Uh, he went to Ohio State so he can have more resources. And that's the thing right. Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, right? Versilinski today talking about the Putin and information bubble. These guys, and even guys like Ezo and Behan, they get the best assistant coaches to implement those programs and coach the players. So their support staff is high level and they have the strategy in place, right? Same thing for Ohio State. Uh, they made a nice run last, last year in the Big, 12, uh, Big Ten tournament, having a middling season the way they had. I look for the same, right? Because he's a good coach, smart guy, and he's leaving the best stuff they've seen in practice for this time of year. And the players are excited. They're like, oh, we haven't run that all year, man. We were tearing it up for practice. Yeah, because this is what it's for when I'm making my bonus, man. <laughs> right. Now, teams have been against the opposite of that is Iowa. Yep. Iowa uh, maybe better in the first game. Second game, they have a little bit of an advantage. We'll get blown out in the third game. They're overhyped. Maybe they'll listen to a little bit of the rat poison, like Nick Satan says, right? Getting a little too high on themselves. And they're one trick point. They're a, they're a, a system team. Mm-hmm. All they do is shoot threes, too, which normally you can't do that forever. Right, exactly. Shoot the threes and press. Da, da, da. That's them. And right. because of that system, they do well, right? But they, have, they hit a ceiling. Even last year, they were supposed to have a superstar Lou Garza. Man, that was a joke. They need a real superstar, a LeBron James, a Jordan, something like that, to be able yeah. to go far. And they don't have that. They have, uh, you know, mid-level Division One guys. And, you know, they have that system. They win home games. The fan goes crazy. They get in the tournament. They win exactly one game, and then they get blown out second game. Or lose to a good team in a tight game if they're hitting the threes. So right, right. I look for the same here. Purdue. I think Purdue has the most talent uh, they've had in a while. I remember yeah. the Sweet 16 tournament, man. I was watching them. I was getting a beer. And I got this right next. I have a picture of it. I'll post it. When I put the picks for uh, this for tomorrow. And link to the podcast so people can re-listen and take notes on what's going on. I'll post a picture of myself and Jim Herrick who won the national championship in 1995. We were watching Purdue in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> well, I was getting a beer. There was a big TV. And he bumps yeah. into next to me. He has a, his ring next to him. And I'm like, hey, Coach Herrick. Nicest guy ever, dude. Uh, that was a great Purdue team that went far in the tournament. Uh, Could have gone a little farther. Uh, they have more talent than that team this year. So they're going to take it easy, man, the Big 12 tournament, the Big 10 tournament. They are going to win the first game because there's fans traveling to Chicago. Uh, they want to see a win. They will win the first game, maybe cover the first game. The second game, go the other way. What do you think, Dylan? I definitely agree. Um, this is a team, like you said, too. Like, you have written down the sheet. The line's just going to be a little bit inflated. It's like selling a stock high. And um, – we can buy back in in the NCAA tournament and start getting on them again. But um, they've, they're in a great spot already, kind of contrary to Michigan where they need these games. 
Purdue doesn't really need this. And so they're going to be saving a little bit. They'll save some of their systems, some of their defensive sets, things like that. And um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh, and the last team, I think uh, you have to look at, look at them in money line bets because it's going to be a lot of uh, close lines. Uh, two teams in the Mountain West. Okay. San Diego State and UNLV. UNLV has been super hot recently. Yeah, they have, again, go to corporate governance. Uh, governance. Yep. That is um, Lon Kruger, who took four different universities to the Final Four. And his son, who's also an assistant coach for him, is not coaching UNLV. What does that mean? That means that the best plays in practice, they held up to now. Right. And so that's UNLV. And the same thing for San Diego State. Uh, I was talking to somebody, and they're like, oh, San Diego State doesn't run. I'm like, yes, they do. They just don't like to, man. They, they got a dresser to school coach. He took the Fab Five to the Final Four. With Fisher. <clears throat> and then go to San Diego State. He's the one that recruited Kawhi Leonard, one of the better players in the NBA. And that team only made it to the Switch 16, right? <laughs> Who's the person who can stop Kawhi Leonard the most? Right? The San Diego State coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but look for that here with heavy, they have the athletes, they have control, and they're going to win close games in the Mount West tournament. Same thing for UNLV. Believe me, Wyoming is a great team, but they're not world beaters. Same thing yeah. for Colorado State. Great team. They're a great cohesive unit, but they're not world beaters. They're not, they don't have all the talent involved in the world. What I call wreck ball teams. And wreck ball teams. <laughs> They're, they're, they're guys that you're not going to see in the NBA or Europe, but if you go to your lo local suburban uh, rec, you'll see them passing the ball around at the rec center. Right. They're going one-on-one -on -one trying to dunk on everybody. <laughs> so what do you think, Dylan? Yeah, right. no, I think we just... Uh, huh? I'm excited to listen to this. No, I know. So am I. I love doing this and the kind of like almost predetermining where I'm going to be uh, putting my money later in the week on these games and kind of getting an idea of um, – I, I love hearing your perspective on what teams, like you said, have in their systems now. And, um, yeah, I feel like we touched a lot of good teams in this podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to these games coming up and starting to uh, monetize them. So. so, when you look at these teams, when you look at an Oral Roberts, the North Texas, right, I like your reaction to this and then we'll close. What you're looking for is offensive rebound. Guard play. Can the point guard take somebody off the dribble and score when needed, right? A tiger come right. BLA. Uh, St. John's has the same guy, right? A guy who distributes all game, but when you need it, he's distributed so much. They're off him enough that he can, you know, cross over, dribble a little bit. You may get him. Yep. A little, he can hit a little pull up in the lane. Yep. Exactly. Look for that. Right. Rebounding. Free throw shooting, that was a big one. And look at the coach. You say, okay, how do you do that? I, you know, Josh, I know you played basketball in high school. You've been watching basketball for 40 years. How do I know whether a coach is good or not, other than, like, the obvious things? One less obvious thing to look at, look at it this week. It's going to be important to look at it this week. I'm going to put it for our 
personal notes for Dylan on the spreadsheet. Coaches that I see, they have the score, right? After a timeout. The other team goes out and run. Their fans are going crazy, right? Their section of fans in the conference tournament are going crazy. He calls timeout. Does the coach score on the preceding percent? Because he's been watching this team play all year. You know what? Scoring coming out of a timeout should be a stat that they keep track of. That should be like in the box score, you know? That should be in there. We're going to have to keep track of it ourselves and make money. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I know we're I, a great coach. Watch how many times Rick Patina calls him out and they score. Yep. No, and I definitely – the offensive, rebound and free, offensive rebounding and free throw shooting, to me, those are like the two biggest things, especially, too, in like these upset teams. That's what I'm going to be looking for this week. Right. right, big time. All yeah. right, final words, Dylan. Yeah, there's uh, not too much else I want to say, but uh, other than, just other than that, I'm super excited for these games to get rolling. And uh, once again, thanks, Josh, for having me on here because I feel like I learn so much every time I come on here about um, the different teams, the different things to look for in these games. I, otherwise, I wouldn't be looking for it. I'd be just more watching them blindly, you know? That's what we want to do, man. You know, you're coming up. We want to mentor you in the right way as a person with an MBA. You're a finance major, so you can produce in society. My, my good deed for the day. And that goes for everybody else listening. And selfishly, too, because Dylan's a smart guy, and then he reciprocates. When he has something that maybe I missed, something he can track, he gives me information. And that's what makes us, the Western world, capitalists. Right. Better than... Uh, the Eastern world, communists, the Chinese, and the Putin, who don't believe in collaboration. They believe in we control everything, the state runs everything, no collaboration amongst you people. <laughs> we believe yeah. it's different, right? So we collaborate. So Dylan and I are working on capitalism, collab collaborate, sharing information. Because remember, just like Winston, it keeps coming back. First is the pandemic, and now Ukraine. What's what Winston Churchill said? Just like the Linkitsugis walking the streets to prove to Putin that he's not afraid of him, uh, Winston Churchill walked the streets to prove that he wasn't afraid of Hitler. And he said, well, we know you give one, you get 10 back. You make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC podcast. That's why this one cost us $800, and that cost $200, and I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting to work, that's why I'm wearing the shoes, and I roll my butt, and I get a limousine sometimes.